0: s-p-u-l-l-e-n at fairwaymc.com and that phone number is 520-977-7904 shoot sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address you are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called financial ineptitude anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by financial ineptitude was a good idea Really? Clown hats on your face? Well, hello. Hello, every... Nailed it. Hello, everyone. (laughs) No? Okay. All right. It's safe? All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the China Shop. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me for today's midweek update is Eric from ES Invests. How are you doing today, Eric? Stellar. No no interjections or penis? Penises, you want to drop in at the beginning of my intro?
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, now that I'm finally ready for it. Mm. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> What's <laughs> been new, man? What have you been up to?
1: Disgraced Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes will remain free through the menor- Memorial Day weekend before surrendering to authorities on May 30 to begin her more than 11-year prison sentence defrauding investors in a blood testing scam this is from bar chart oh. and i relish in the fact that she has another 15 days of freedom could you imagine how awful of a memorial day weekend that's going to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially when you just had a kid for that trial too
1: oh like, it's just oh, oh.
0: it's all so sweet i've never been happier to see somebody go to prison than elizabeth hoes
1: yeah she's she's just so fucked but i like could you imagine if you were in her her shoes right now and you're like on the 30th of may in 13 days i'm going to jail for 11 fucking years
0: i don't understand why people just say okay i'll go to prison rather than at least like i don't know i think i'd probably run try to go live in ecuador or something it's. I feel. Like, is it like, that hard to do it?
1: I don't know. I feel like it's probably not, but I mean, all of the asset, like you, essentially would have to start from zero, which may or may not be okay for some people.
0: But I, I guess there's a probably a timeline, right? Eleven years, I think it's worth starting over from scratch. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, also in your advanced in your advanced age, I could see that, but
0: it's. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. It's like uh, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky scenario. Because the other thing I think about is, like, you essentially spend the rest of your life as a fugitive, like as a known fugitive, which. Right, it, right. Yeah, I feel like that just limits a lot of things. So, I don't know. Who knows? Real tricky.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I'd at least make give it a try, right? Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> we're just going to have to worry about her one-year-old son, William, and three-month-old daughter, Invicta, uh, there's nothing like having a daughter right before you go to jail.
0: I know, I know. I don't understand that thought process at all. I guess do it while you can. It's almost like it's a coincidence. Uh, yeah, right. Almost like she didn't think they'd send her to jail as a mother.
1: Well, she did win a reprieve mm. on because she was supposed to start on 27 April. Oh, looks yeah, like she yeah. got an
0: extra month. A month well spent. You hate to see it. And that's going to be a terrible, terrible barbecue party,
1: right? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, trying to do anything? Uh, I hope they live stream it. Or Memorial Day week. Hey, do you want to have some, like,
0: family over? No. I'm going to jail on fucking Tuesday. No, I want to do as much blow as I can get my hands on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Well, all right, so that's your big story. Anything else on the news worth talking about?
1: I'm still reading this article, to be honest with you. They sound just like Dan. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it goes even further. It says the father of both children is Willie Billy Evans. Oh, that's an awesome name. Whom she met after breaking up with her former romantic and business partner, Ramesh Sunny Balwani, who began serving a nearly 13 year prison sentence last
0: month. Did you He's... watch the documentary on this? I did. Yeah, so good. It was so good.
1: Balwani is 57 and convicted for 12 felony counts of fraud and conspiracy while he was Theranos' COO, which, right. and living with homes. That's actually kind mm-hmm. of really curious how she has an 11 year prison sentence as the CEO,
0: but the COO got 13 years. I wonder if it has to do with age and experience. Because didn't, wasn't he more, uh, he was, he definitely had more credentials than she did. Like maybe they She's just thought boss, that she man. should know better. Well, Apparently the
1: apparently the military has a different approach to uh leadership and responsibility than the rest of the world because uh, the boss uh, is the boss, dog. I know, right? You get to delegate authority, not responsibility.
0: Yep. Well that's most of the jobs I've had are the same way.
1: It's like, almost like it would make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it's like the way that was structured.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, anyways. This is a, just a juicy story. I'll make sure to throw it in here for you guys to be able to soak it up in all of its glory.
0: Yeah, Because delicious schadenfreude. Just fuck her. <laughs> uh, what else is going on, though? Uh, what, what, anything new with the debt ceiling? I saw that there were some talks going on, but I didn't see if they had reached any conclusions. I did see Jamie Dimon up on the mic again, warning of doom and gloom.
1: Yeah, he's kind of been on that, hasn't
0: he? Yeah. Like any chance he gets, it seems like, I don't know. I wonder what he's playing at. What's his game?
1: I know. It's kind of an interesting, because I definitely noticed it on Twitter too, where there's like more political, it's not all political, right? He's obviously taking an experience-based perspective on it, but it's definitely weighing in on a lot of political stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. Does he have aspirations after he finishes uh, CEO, maybe? Does he want to get into politics? Has anyone ever done that?
1: Kind of would make sense, wouldn't it? I think Trump did, didn't he?
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess. Uh, He kind of more followed the Ronald Reagan path, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah. Famous actor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it looks like um, today we got a pretty significant rally out of the S&P 500. Obviously, typically for a few reasons, it's rarely one simple narrative, but there was a lot of conversation about the debt ceiling negotiations essentially going but. I continue to think that the debt ceiling is just a good, this is a good cycle for traders to follow. I'm really into trying to identify periods of time that I think traders should pay very close attention to how the market behaves because it offers great precedent for other instances, because guess what? This debt ceiling bullshit isn't novel. It was happening when I was on active duty. I remember the conversations about this shit. Mm -hmm. So, my, I actually started analyzing how the markets behave around the debt ceiling negotiations. And there's always other inputs, but there still are prevailing trends that I think people can extract from the scenarios. So hmm. that's really the main, the main point, I think, in terms of talking about the debt ceiling bullshit is it's always a political event. They're going to use the event in an attempt to try to pass other shit Right, that they want in other bills. And then sooner or later, it comes down to who's going to blink first. And then it almost always gets approved or extended in some way. Yep. So
0: yep.
1: it's almost like a playbook at this
0: point. I know uh, it's breaksmanship at its finest.
1: Yeah, it's it's all just fake bullshit. That's what kills me. Even the debt ceiling itself. Like hmm. what I don't understand is if we know our debt is a certain amount, why why don't we just raise it and Because if we're going to raise it, why don't we just raise it a meaningful amount so that we don't have to play this game as much? Like, I, I really don't. I'm sure there's a reason. I just don't know what it is.
0: Well, it would make sense that if you've already approved a budget, that the budget and the debt ceiling should probably line up. Or is that just all the overages from from their budget?
1: Which is a great point. Qui- like, that. that's a great point. And to me, it seems like you know the general run rate of these things. Right. So, the, yeah, That that's... There's more gamesmanship behind it that I'm unaware of, but it just, it confuses me because again, it seems like there's a simpler solution here, but with stuff like this, there generally is more than meets the eye.
0: What are some of the other events that do you think traders should specifically like zero in on and and study?
1: Yeah, well, it's a lot of it is going to be periodic, right? Mm -hmm. So I think all of the FOMC announcements have been really interesting. I think the bear market that we went through was really interesting in conjunction with the stimulus. I think the bear market last year, Mm -hmm. like when we look at market conditions, I think it's important for people to realize how novel some of these things are. And it's one of the few times where you actually have the ability to learn real time, how stuff behaves because essentially if we take a look at 20, 1990, if you look at 1990 on, mm-hmm. there have been five bear markets. I guess if we count um, 2022, it would be six now. I think my data here goes up into 2020. Okay, But the point being, that's from 1990 essentially until 2020. So the there aren't a lot of occurrences for a lot of these circumstances. So I think by paying attention to the higher impact things, it gives you a better idea of how markets behave in anomalous circumstances for the next time you see it.
0: Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, I'm just looking at the, uh, the spy chart from all available data on a weekly just to see what you're saying. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. like, uh, there's something different to watching it in real time than trying to go back and listen to the history of it too, right? Because it feels like you're trying to reconstruct a lot of things and you got like knowing the outcome too, I think kind of really clouds your ability to fully be able to understand and interpret what you're seeing in real time
1: exactly, and I think from a trader perspective, what I do in circumstances like this is i'm I'm paper trading a lot. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this yesterday, but across like all of the variations of the different strategies that I'm using, I have close to two thousand paper trades on right now interesting and it's because it allows me to track real-time data of near unlimited permutations of existing strategies it's complete overkill to be clear right. you don't have to do that part of it is just because i genuinely am curious mm-hmm. but the the main note there is that you can use interesting rare market occurrences to better understand how you deploy And this is when people ask me like, oh, well, why do you do this this way? Or how did you arrive at this conclusion? And a lot of it is from shit like this, Mm -hmm. from seeing how the markets reacted in these kind of circumstances and then learning what works best. Because even me, you know, I've been trading since 2007. But if you look at that time span, there's not that many bear markets from 2007, essentially until 2022, there's four bear markets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's not a lot. So you kind of have to maximize the experience of those instances so that you're equipped the next time they roll around. Cause I say this all the time, ideally trading is a very long-term endeavor. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. 32 right now and I hope to be trading for ideally another 50, 60 years. So getting, getting the right details and extracting as much information, real experience from the events is very useful.
0: S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address you mentioned paper trades and we still got some unfinished business from last week's discussion.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk to me.
0: So you sent me uh, some videos to watch, to learn about uh, uh, cash secured puts. Uh, I watched them. You sent me the new one, but I actually went back and through your history and I found the older one that you did. That was broken up into three parts. And I actually like that version better. You mean cash secured puts or the covered strangle? Cool. The cash secured puts. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the cash. Yeah, the covered strangle. Sorry. Yes, that was the that was the strategy. That was. Yeah. Thinking of the first leg of it.
1: Nice job out of you.
0: Uh, Yeah. I really enjoyed the the original videos that you did, though. I thought there was a lot more detail and nuance in that one. Interesting. Yeah. That You kind of. Well, because when you redid it, I think you were summing it up a little bit more, but you really got into like the nuts and bolts of the other one. And I can see the appeal to, you know, different people. Some people would enjoy the newer one. Some people might enjoy the older one.
1: That's actually, yeah, it's good feedback because I'm I'm in the process of redoing some of those videos, anyways, with like the new editor.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and like lining out the level of detail to me is typically it's a struggle, right? Because the more in depth I go, the higher fallout rate I have from people who's just like, oh shit, fuck this, (laughs) right? Just bail. But I also feel like it starts doing a disservice to the people that actually want the details. So
0: yeah, and maybe just keep them both, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah, and I think that's fair. So I went through all that and uh, I took a, a shitload of notes. I've got like two or three pages filled up here. Um, I went on to try to start uh, putting some of this to use by doing some paper trading. So I started with Finviz mm-hmm. and I set some screeners up with uh, the following filters: I had dividend yield above three mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I wanted price above the fifty and two hundred days simple moving averages. I wanted average volume over a million. And I threw on insider transactions as positive, just because I thought sure. that might be another good, you know, indicator that long term this should be a stock that I'd feel comfortable holding if I were to get assigned. Mm-hmm. I got six results out of that, five or six. Um, let's see. The first one was ED. The underlying was too expensive for the balance that I started myself with. Yeah. FLO was. A good trend, but I didn't like where it was, and uh, the contracts were way too illiquid. Once I pulled them up on ThinkOrSwim, same thing with FTAI mm-hmm. and ORI. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I pulled up two other stocks that I knew that I like that I do actually hold, thinking like, okay, maybe these might be some good candidates. One of them was Enterprise Product uh, EPD. I can't remember the name of the thing, but it's a um, it's like a pipeline uh, stock. Uh, very low volatility, not worth messing with. So I disqualified that one. Then I came to British Petroleum, which has a really good dividend. I liked where it was price wise. Um, I had two support why levels you, that I could.
1: Why oh, did you I, disqualify EPD?
0: Uh, cause the trying to sell any options off of that, that there was no, there's nothing to make on it. it. didn't seem like it was worth it.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I'm taking a look at it, and I generally agree with you. I see on like a 22 Delta, 37 days out, you collect like 19 cents on a $25 strike. So I wouldn't consider that awful, but it's,
0: yeah. It didn't seem worth it.
1: Yeah, you're not going to make a bunch of money on that part, but just a quick admin note. This is the kind of stock that if you like the stock, what you can do is instead of legging in via cash secured puts until you're assigned, you could always start just buy buying it. long shares and selling cash secured puts at the
0: same time. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, we, we don't have to go super far in the, into that scenario here, but just an idea because as I look at it, I agree with you. Like this looks decent to me. I don't know the details on it, but it looks decent to me.
0: It's one of my favorite stocks a great Mm. dividend. The only downside is you have to fill out a K nine or K one form every year, which adds to your tax bill. Um, So British Petroleum was the one that I ultimately came to and I think I went with. Um, I had a really nice support at $34 where I would see that as my entry point. So those are the contracts I was looking at. Uh, I also had a nice second support. at If that 34 failed, I could redeploy more capital at about $25 a share uh, to be able to average down uh, that entry price. So I'd still be able to sell calls on it. Cause I think that was one of the, that was actually the key component I was missing with the wheel strategy. Uh, Cause I actually was leaning into that about two years ago, pretty heavily until I had a scenario like you, you mentioned there where the stock drops so much that you can't sell anything anywhere near your entry price. And Uh then you're just stuck holding a, a, a stock that's underwater by a shitload of money
1: always a great time
0: yeah yeah (laughs) highly
1: recommended
0: (laughs) so so i really like the way that i had the two price points where i've got points where i could deploy my capital but it also fit um i gave myself a ten thousand dollar paper trading account so i could have up to three contracts uh based on the amount of money that would cost me to to purchase the shares right Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: but if i wanted to keep reserve i could only do one of them right
1: what do you mean keep reserve
0: if I want I mean, to keep, keep reserve capital in case the price does lose that support and I need to be able to deploy more of it, I have to keep that on the sidelines ready to go, right?
1: Um, I I mean, I wouldn't, but you, so here's the short answer. Yeah. In that scenario, let's say we're giving $10,000 to BP. Does mm-hmm. that mean that as we put the trades on that we have to have $10,000 always sitting there only for a BP? The safe answer is yes. What? I do definitely is not. What I do is I earmark money. So if I chose to use that money elsewhere, I know that ultimately it's allocated to this trade. So I'm going to time other trades and other opportunities effectively to make sure that I can still put the money in the BP trade when it comes time. This is back when I had a small account and you have to be thrifty, otherwise you're just gonna get eaten alive. Whereas what I do now, typically, is the money I have set aside, at least today, with rates where they're at, I just put it in a box spread. So then I'm earning the risk-free rate and the money is still generally available. So the short answer is ideally yes, but there are concessions that have to be made in small accounts, and that is one that I would regularly make.
0: Okay, now that makes sense, and that was one of my main questions of doing the paper trading process on this. So the the strike that I ended up picking was the thirty four dollar puts that expired June twenty third. At the time, they had a twenty eight delta, I think, um, and they were selling for sixty cents. So that was the other question: is the risk versus return there? So this was selling one contract would tie up thirty four hundred dollars worth of capital, right? Or that's what would need mm-hmm. to be earmarked against that mm-hmm. uh, for sixty dollar return essentially on one contract. Like, what's the mm-hmm. actual? Turn on that it's like a percent right mm-hmm. does that sound reasonable or in line yeah. or is that yeah what, what was the day's expiration on it uh june 23rd june 23rd, june 23rd. and i think they're yeah. trading at I mean, 40 cents right now
1: it's it's a little low but that's not like crazy low
0: yeah and uh, like i said i, I would have tried to pick a better one but i i'm i, I kind of purposely handcuffed myself with a smaller um paper trading account balance because i really i mean uh, I wanted to I wanted to be something reasonable with what I'd be starting out in because I don't I'm not the type of person who deploys everything and goes 110 percent before I know what I'm doing. Sure,
1: sure, and that that makes total sense. But there's a lot of decent products that still fall below thirty dollars. Because to be honest, mm-hmm. like as I look at BP, I, that's not what I would
0: trade. That's for sure. No. Okay. No. What um, uh, What do you see about it that you don't like, or what can I learn from that?
1: Uh, A few things. So if I look at a six month daily, it attempted to breach above 41, fell below. Mm-hmm. It got, re- and this is back in February. Then in March, it fell to the low 34s. It rallied back up to like 40 and change, didn't even get to 41, and then has since fallen back down. It had not a great reaction to earnings. Now the way that I look at this is it's kind of at an inflection point, where mm-hmm. to yes. your point I I do see that same kind of resistance zone. I'm I'm using a 150 day or a 200 day simple moving average that's plotted at thirty five dollars and forty cents, okay, and it's essentially hovering right on that. So uh, okay, it could absolutely rebound off of this and start rallying up and out, which is good. But on a six-month chart, the linear regression channels are positively sloping, which is good, but we're at like a negative two linear regression, which is a, a big move down. But then on a three-month daily, the linear regression channels are sloping down, which is no good. Oh, okay. um, and then if I look out slightly closer and we do just like um, a one-month whatever aggregation, it's like plummeting down. So interesting in the shorter time frame, I don't like how much it's contracting in the longer term time frames, It doesn't look awful to me. So this is the kind of thing that I would wait. I would wait and mm-hmm. see because the moving averages are all inverting right now. So 50 is above the 22, which is above the nine. Those are essentially all inverted. The only one that's in the correct spot is the super long term, the 200 day. So because this trade has short-term legs, I would want to see short-term support as well as long-term.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Now that I'm looking at this too, if I, I loaded it up on a weekly and then suddenly it looked a lot worse than it did on the daily chart.
1: <laughs> Which, but you bring up a good point because when we're trading something like the covered strangle, we're trading multiple time frames. We mm-hmm. have a long-term thesis against short-term trades. So the long-term thesis is super important, but we still need the short-term stuff to make sense as well. Otherwise the trade itself starts to not look super attractive in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, one of the other factors that I would think I've, uh, that led me to this trade or to to go ahead and pull the trigger on it, it had to do with uh, the summer coming up the summer months and the oil, I think historically rises during that period. uh, Especially as people do all their, their summer road trips. So I think that was that bias I think was kind of playing in a little bit thinking that maybe BP or the the stock would see some uh tailwinds from that as well but
1: Well I actually think that that's a completely fair hypothesis but yeah if if it were me I would I would wait to see mm-hmm. some of that actually happening
0: before you... Okay that makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any um uh... Any other comments or thoughts on the methodology that I did? Any other things that you think I should look at in the screeners or any other just general comments?
1: Um, There's there's a lot of different fundamental tools you can integrate into the analysis based on how you pick stocks. That's really what it comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. Is we're picking a stock that we like. So a lot of times I'll include things like Either free cash flow, revenue, sales per share, just like a typical fundamental analysis overview. Okay. Because that is important against the longer term portion of the hypothesis. And it's important to know that when we're trading something like this, if it's not in an index or a sector ETF, but in individual stocks like this one is, if the entire hypothesis is you know you're expecting maybe a 3 year trade well revenue growth makes up for a significant it's like 50% of stock performance in a 3 year period revenue growth and okay. then margin and multiple are both like 20% if you look at like a 1 year hypothesis something like the earnings multiple is like 46% so based on the time frame that i'm looking to place to trade against like the long-term hypothesis, my fundamental tools are going to change a bit based on those exact kind of details that I just shared. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So All I right. think integrating well, some of that is good. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is I typically look for stuff that has weeklies. So that's normally just an overlay scan that I include in the screener. And it's because mm-hmm. stuff that has weeklies tends to be more liquid already. Otherwise, they wouldn't even bother adding that weeklies. That's not to say they're all sense. liquid. They're not. Yeah, a lot right. of them are bad. But it's just an easy way to screen out the stuff that immediately doesn't you know, hit our thresholds.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing frustrating. That, more frustrating, I think, than looking at finding a stock that meets all your criteria and then finding out that the options are shit. <laughs> and then there's exactly. like a $1.20-bit S spread on it. Like, fuck, I yep. wanted that one. Exactly,
1: and th- and that is exactly why I always start with kind of an efficient scan where I'm adding the most important thresholds, but the easiest to meet thresholds first, mm-hmm. and then I'm getting very discerning after that. That makes sense.
0: All right, anything else I can uh, uh, look at to further my education on these uh, some of these topics that you you brought up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a I have literally a whole playlist on the cover strangle so. And I know that you've been poking around there, which is good. And then the other thing I think might be useful is if you pull up like the active trade management playlist and you just get an idea for some of the other scans Mm -hmm. that I like to use. But I mean, I, I think you're on it. I think now what it just comes down to is placing a bunch of them. Like if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't have just placed that one in the paper account. I would set up like 10 different paper accounts, each of 10 K and I would trade all of them Ah, because you get to create a great data set with live information. You get a much better bang for your buck in time that way.
0: Yeah. Problem was I didn't find any other ones that I really liked at the time. I figured it was better to exercise uh, discretion and try to, I wanted to stick to the parameters that you mentioned in the videos. Like I didn't want to compromise on a dividend or um, a stock that I want to own long-term like those kinds of things. And there's not much that I really want to own long-term right now.
1: Yeah. Which that also brings another point because those are easy variables to adjust. Instead of Mm -hmm. thinking of a three-year hypothesis, you could think of a six month hypothesis Mm. and adjust the analysis off of that or, okay. Um, yeah, instead of caring more about the dividend, you could always care more about the stock growth right? and change your parameters based on that. So that version of the covered strangle that I talk about in those videos, that's kind of like the, the base approach that I take, but there's so much nuance that's important to integrate into the near-term stock market environment. That's actually why a lot of the stuff I trade now is in a much shorter term timeframe mm-hmm. is because yeah. we're in a very movement based whipsaw y market. Right. So I want to remain sensitive. I'm not trading the same 45 DTE short puts in my coverage strangles. Most of them are less than 20 days right now. Right. And it's just the name of staying sensitive to the current market conditions. So I would also encourage you to tinker with different priorities for the for the long equity side of it. Mm-hmm. And and again just put on a bunch of them. Even if it's shit that you don't love, put it on anyways and just yeah. see how it does and be very clear when you're tracking that trade, like I didn't like this trade because of these reasons, this is still the best way I think I could set it up. And I would literally write that in in notes in the Excel sheet
0: right? and then track the motherfucker, see how it does. I love it. All right. Anything else uh, to add before we wrap up here for the day? No, sir. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you to everyone who stuck around to the end. Thanks, Eric, for all the great knowledge that you shared today.
1: Yeah, man. Thank me.
0: Yeah, I think you earned it. Now, if you'd like to know more about how he yeah. trades, make sure you check out his YouTube channel at ES invest. You can check us out at two bowls in Be back soon with another exciting episode to blast into your ear holes. But until then seduce that five-star rating, like your Elon Musk hiring a new CEO and take care. Oh, good. Oh, good. Proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good.
2: my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
1: Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading.
2: If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.